I'm Taylor Squellia, and this is Girl, It Is Time to Thrive. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have Candace Ward on the show. Candace and I talked all about how to pitch brands, and she was so incredible to talk with. If you don't know who Candace is, she is a food photographer and dessert blogger of Eat More Cake. She has a decade of experience in corporate sales, and she has translated her business background to successfully pitch and consistently book high-value clients. She now teaches other food photographers, bloggers, and creative entrepreneurs how to build a sustainable and intentional business. She does this through one-on-one coaching and her online course, The Confident Pitch Program. Candace taught me so much in just our brief conversation that I know you're going to learn something. Make sure that you grab a pen or notepad if you can, because this is an episode you want to take notes on. If you are working out or going for a run or driving in your car, just make sure to make mental notes because you are definitely going to learn something. Let's jump in, guys. Hi, Candace. How are you today? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. And uh, for everyone who doesn't know who Candace is, I would like you to take a couple seconds to introduce yourself because you have quite the resume. Yeah, it, it's probably different than, you know, pretty diverse. Um, wasn't something that I planned, but um, so I come from a background of corporate sales. Um, I was in corporate sales for about 10 years, different industries. Um, and then when I had my son, I decided to leave the corporate world and I was building my baking business on the side. Um, and then I shifted gears from baking for weddings to creating a baking blog um, and then learning food photography just as another revenue stream. And now I have combined my background of corporate sales um, with my food photography career and I'm coaching other food photographers, bloggers, really with how to monetize and pitch to brands. Um, And then I also have an online course, pitching course as well called the Confident Pitch Program. That is so cool because I just started blogging this year. I just started food photography and pitching is, it's a, it's a skill and it's a skill that doesn't come naturally unless you do it. So I think that your course is incredible. Um, I interviewed Kylie, um, Kylie Sage a few weeks back and she said that she downloaded your course and that you were like the pitching queen. And I like looked you up and I was like, oh wait, I follow her. I know exactly who this person is. So. isn't that funny it's a small world it's photography food blogger world <laughs> it, it really is it's it's definitely like when I started like my Instagram account I think I have more food bloggers that follow me than like actual people who probably need recipes but yeah. it's okay That's the way it is. <laughs> so when you started food photography how did you know when you were ready to start pitching brands You know, I, for me, I think everyone's different, but for me, it was really like a necessary means to an end in order to monetize. So I did it right away. So I learned food photography and then I practiced for, I mean, every day I was practicing as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I gave myself a goal because my circumstances, I had left my corporate job. I wanted to at least start making money and monetizing within 90 days to like justify continuing you know, continuing going down entrepreneurship versus going back to a corporate job. Mm-hmm. So I gave myself 90 days. So I knew I had to take action. I didn't really have a choice of not pitching. Um, and 
within 90 days, I landed my first brand deal with like a national company and I ended up working with them for about a year. Um, and I just want to say, because I think that a lot of people feel like your photography skills have to be to a certain level or you have to, your pitching skills have to be to a certain level. While I had a background in pitching, pitching in this industry was very new to me and mm. what you say and the verbiage and everything is different. Um, but my photos weren't great. I still don't think my photos are that great. Like, I think there's always room for improvement from like when you start to a year to two years to 10 years. Right. Um, and I think it's just a matter of finding the right brand at the right time, uh, for where your skill level is. So, well, I will say your photos are really great. Well, thank Trust you. me. You, compare, though, you know, like you always want to be better. You think you be better. So. Oh, I, I completely agree. Like I've come so far and I can still look at a picture when I'm like editing it. I'm like, oh, I wish I moved that stupid prop just like yeah. an inch to the left. I should have done this. It's the worst. I do that still in client shoots and I'm like, oh my God, I don't have any version of the exact setup that I wanted. Why didn't I move that prop like differently or <laughs> it's awful. Yep. I was doing, um, I was doing photos yesterday. And my boyfriend kept being like, can I eat it now? Can I, can I have the dessert? And I was like, yes. And then I'm like, wait, don't touch it. I have a new idea. Yeah. I need, and he's like, you just moved it over like half an inch. And I was like, yeah. it's going to make a difference. Trust me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. So I get it. Photography, it's something so new to me. I, I never even had a camera up until April. And it blows my mind how much there is to learn and once you know it though and once you start learning it is such a skill set it's so valuable like you can monetize in so many different ways just by knowing how to use your camera correctly absolutely so can you explain for someone starting out what is the first step when it comes to pitching like i know that's probably broad but what would be like if you only could give one tip what would it be um one tip is to not make it about you and to make it about them whoever you're reaching out to. And it sounds easier said than done, but I think if you're to take anything away from, I mean, there's so much that goes into pitching. And I think people have this perception that pitching just means like you sent an email to the brand, right? But there's so much more in the entire process of like a successful pitch or getting a response or, you know, navigating when they come back at you with a a certain, like, we don't have budget or whatever the scenario is. I think the biggest takeaway is if you can always come from a place of service, like putting yourself in their shoes, like how can I serve them? How can I help them from like a marketing perspective? Because that's really as a food photographer, what we're doing, right? We're creating content for them to use for marketing to increase their sales. So if you can have that lens when you're reaching out to a potential brand, it goes much further than you pitching to them and telling them what you do or what you can offer. Um, it's just not as valuable and it doesn't get a brand to want to respond. If you Mm. think about it, we're all innately, I know this sounds really kind of like down, but we're all innately, we want to talk about ourselves, right? Or we're like a brand's the same way. They want to feel good. They want to feel seen just like an individual wants to feel good and feel seen. So if you make it about them initially, you're much more likely to get a response from them than if you just start your pitch by saying, my name is Candace. I'm a food photographer. Can we talk? Like, that's just, it's just not, yeah. that's about you. That's what you do. And 
they can't necessarily envision like what you can do for them. So I always say like the WIFM acronym, like what's in it for me, have mm-hmm. to think about That's that good. perspective. Okay. So someone's starting out, they're getting ready to pitch, they're doing the research, they're writing how they can help someone else. How on earth do they find the correct person to pitch? Um, that's half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely tips, but it takes work. That's part of the process. Um, mm-hmm. I personally use Instagram most often because if you think about it, you really want to go wherever that company is most active on and the food company is most likely going to be most a- active on Instagram. I would say LinkedIn can be a viable option as well. Um, if you're trying to find, you know, who's head of marketing or just who's in that role. Um, but I, 90% of the time I use Instagram and I message them and I just interact with them prior to that, mm-hmm. um, organically. And then I will reach out and I almost send like a mini version of a pitch. So before sending them my whole pitch, I send them just a tiny little pitch via DM because you're still, if you think about it this way, the person that you're reaching out to via DM is likely different than the person you're going to be emailing. It's not always the case, but the person managing Mm -hmm. their social media could be somebody internally, or it could also be they've hired a social media third-party company to manage their account. So you just don't know. Um, and so they're the person managing their social media is going to have a very different incentive or motive than somebody in the marketing. So you're almost having to like convince the, I call them the gatekeeper because they're the ones that are like withholding, choosing if they want to give you the contact information. You almost have to convince them the value, like how it's going to help their job. And then you have to go and convince the marketing person, like of what you're trying to do for that. So thinking of specific roles make the difference. That's really good. That's good advice because it's so true. Organic relationships, like the whole point of social media is to be social and just to, when people like DM me even, it's like, if you're just selling me something or just want something from me, I'm just, I'm going to write you off. I probably won't even respond. But that relationship building, even with big brands and starting like that is a good idea. Like most people don't think about that. They just go straight in for the kill and they're just nervous and they're like, I'm just going to send this pitch. And it's like organic relationships will always win. So that's great advice. Thank you. And on the, I just want to like, on the whole like relationship, I think people are like, well, what does that even mean? I mean, it could be anything like interacting with their stories, interacting with their posts, engaging, commenting, but like having it be like you're showing a genuine interest in the product or the brand or you know, you really just want to start kind of being seen um, before you reach out. There's definitely been times where I cold outreach where I haven't engaged with it at all, but it's never as like likely that they're going to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can take months sometimes to get a contact. But also if you have the right pitch via DM and you're showing value in that, they're more likely to also give you the contact. So just keeping that in mind as well. What are your thoughts about tagging brands? Because a lot of times when you tag a brand, they want to repost it for free. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? So when, I, when I first started, I was very much um, against, or I was for it. And, and I don't want to say I'm against it now. I think it depends. I think if you're getting, if they're reposting it, 
I would take that as an opportunity to send them a pitch, not necessarily to say, hey, can you pay for licensing of my image? But <clears throat> like, I'll give you an example. This happened to me recently. I'm not gonna say the brand just for, <laughs> you know, to be sensitive, but it was, it's a brand that I've been wanting to work with. Um, and they asked to repost one of my images and I said, no, you can pay the licensing if you would like to use it. And I thought they were going to use my image, take my recipe and like post on their site, which is not really great because then you're not getting traffic to your blog. And then it's also competing on for SEO, right? So I found out that they just wanted to repost my image and link back to my blog. And I said, you know what, that's worth it because it's still benefiting me some way. It's not just exposure, but it's sending traffic to my blog. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think understanding like if there's value in just more than exposure and just your photos living on the account, then I think that it can be worth it. But what feels good to each individual and each photographer is going to be different. Um, the accounts that I steer away from are accounts that are just stealing other people's content and for no other purpose than reposting their, their um, images. Those I would say no to because they're basically monetizing or driving traffic to their Instagram by using other food photographers' images. Um, I can't even think of an example, but there's, you know, those accounts that mm -hmm. exist. Um, but yeah, if, if it's a large brand, if they want to use my images too, I take that as like a compliment and an opportunity to ask for a contact. Um, I think it's a great door opening where you can say, sure, if you want to use my image, um, I would also love to explore a partnership and maybe you can come up with a few ideas in your initial pitch via DM and ask for the contact. And I think it's a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, that's good advice. I um, I had a br I had two brands in the same day reach out to me that I tagged months ago in the pictures, two different brands, and I actually downloaded your brand questionnaire. So I'm just gonna like pitch that real quick. You should download her brand questionnaire about pitching because it was really really helpful to navigate that conversation because both were big brands. One is actually on my like dream brand list, and I was like fangirling and I was like, no, play it cool, Taylor. They like ask the right questions and pitch them correctly. And like, I'm slowly like building a relationship with them. Like now, like we've been going back and forth and, you know, the other brand was just kind of like, no, we just want your photo for free. And that it was fine. But I was able to have that conversation and to start that relationship and your uh, brand questionnaire, that free download that you have was really, really helpful. Good. That's my little glad. pitch for that because I want you to know that it was really helpful. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> so how has success changed over the course of you starting and giving yourself that 90-day window to what it looks like now? Are you more picky with brands that you work with? Do you only choose do you like bigger projects or smaller projects? Like how has that changed for you? That's a great question. Um, it's changed a lot in just a year and a half. Yeah, I, or yeah, I think it's only been a year. No, year and a half. Um, yeah, when, when, when you first start, I mean, here's the thing. You have to take what you can get. And I don't mean that in a negative way. And I'm not saying you should settle. But landing your first brand deal, it's just like kicking the wheels in motion is the hardest part. Once you start it, 
you build momentum and you learn from every experience and you learn what you want and don't want. There's no way of knowing when you're new in the industry. And I think some people, like a lot of people that I've coached or just friends in the industry that I've talked to, it's like, when you're just starting out, it's really intimidating because you're like, am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I pricing myself correctly? Am I um, working with the right brands? Is this job going to be fulfilling? And you like focus so much on that, that you don't focus on like, you just landed a brand deal. You should just be excited. <laughs> Learn from the experience. Yep. And if you underprice yourself, like I underprice myself, I still sometimes think I underprice myself. It's a crapshoot. Every brand has a different budget. So you just don't know, like if it's going to turn into something. Hmm. And so long story short, or to answer your question, I think it, it evolves as you gain more experience and you learn what you want and don't want. I actually love working with local food. So I'm based out of Seattle, Washington. We have a ton of like local, amazing food companies. My most, um, or my highest paying clients have actually been local companies, like small to mid-sized companies. And the oh, wow. ones that feel like really finagle me and nickel and dime me are the large brands. It's very strange, but they're the ones, I think they feel like they maybe have more bargaining power because they're a large brand and they think that food photographers will hold on their rates because they want to work with them. Mm -hmm. um, I much prefer to work with small, mid-sized companies. They see so much more value in not all of them, but if you find the right ones, they see so much more value in your work. And I try to find freelance opportunities versus sponsored posts. I find that the big brands really just want sponsored posts because they probably work with like big time photographers for like their packaging and all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So makes sense. Yeah, definitely has evolved. Okay. And how do you handle rejection from brands nowadays versus before? Um, I just, rejection is, in my opinion, um, a mindset, right? We, rejection is going to happen in every job, every industry. And I think my sales background has kind of given me a thick skin when it comes to rejection to not take it personal. I had large brands that I in companies in my corporate job that I would like lose the opportunity after spending months. And I'm like, I, it's almost like I get bothered, not by the rejection. It's like, it's more like I did all this work and it didn't turn into anything. And I feel like a waste of time, but unfortunately that's just the reality. Um, and the quicker, and my boss would like taught me this when I worked in corporate, the quicker you can get over it. Man, it sounds really harsh. <laughs> the quicker you can get over it the quicker you can find a new opportunity. Oh, that's good advice. Yeah, I know. It sounds really harsh though, but like you have to just <laughs> train your, your mind and just be like, you know what? It's not me. It's not, it's not always because they don't want to work with me or maybe they don't like my work or they think my photos are awful. I think we all go to that place because as creatives, we're creating a piece of art essentially, right? Um, but and I teach this in my course, but like to simplify it, I, there's four main criteria or reasons why brands don't move forward. Um, and I'll like give you an example. One, they might not have budget. Two, they might not have a need right now. So if you keep that in mind, the rejection or the no isn't 
necessarily because of you or your work. It could be for things that are out of your control and that's okay. Not every brand that you reach out to is going to need your services right now or have all of those factors align where it's going to go and turn into a signed contract, but look at it like an opportunity to continue the relationship and to continue nurturing that brand so that you could potentially turn it into something down the road when the timing is right. And some things just don't ever circle back and that's fine. Just find someone else. <laughs> I think that's really great advice. I don't think that's harsh at all. I think corporate sales is slightly harsh, but I think that's a, the right mentality to have in entrepreneurship. So I think that's great advice. Um, how do I want to word this? You said when circle around when the time is right. So how do you know when the time is right? Right? Do you contact them like six months later? Do you wait for them to contact you, or is it kind of just a wash? Just ask. It's yeah. It's uh going to the back to the basics of and part of pitching is going really really out of your comfort zone and like asking those uncomfortable questions where maybe you don't think they're like going to respond to you well. But I have like a four pitch email sequence, meaning um, I suggest reaching out to a brand or emailing them four to five times before you like completely just move on. Um, And in the fourth email, if they're not responding, I ask, I'm like, you know, I've been reaching out to you, haven't gotten a response. The timing might not be right. Is there a better time for me to reach out? And I sometimes I get an answer and they're like, you know, we're swamped right now. You're right. Can you reach out in Q1? you have your answer or if you don't get an answer or you don't get a specific time frame then I just put it on my calendar to wait like two months because if you think about it it takes about a month if you're reaching out to a brand like once a week or four weeks and then you're you know let's say something does turn into like you're starting to negotiate that takes another week to sign the contract and negotiate. So you're really looking at like, if you're waiting two months and then you reach out on month three, that's like a full quarter that you're until you're potentially working with them. So I think back to maybe three months later, because a lot can change in their business where like, maybe they have a need now, or maybe they have time to respond to your email. You just don't know what the circumstances are. So yeah, I just would circle back. Absolutely. Don't ever expect a brand to reach back out to you. It won't happen. They get too many people pitching them. They've got too many other fish to fry and things going on. I, my husband said this to me once and I got like ghosted by a brand. Yes, it happens to me. He goes, <laughs> well, Candace, people in marketing, like you're just one tiny piece of what they deal with and what they manage in their job. But like them to you is like everything right? Like getting a response mm-hmm. from somebody or in a brand is like everything to us because that's, that's our income, right? Yeah. So I try to think about that too. Like they're not going to remember to reach back out because they just have so much other stuff that they're focused on, on apart from the photography and the content creation. Yeah, that's good. That's so true. Because I think a lot of people it's what is like what you said before it's what's in this for me so it's like they've messaged them they've given that they're all and then they just like oh they'll contact me when the time is right it's like no you are the person seeking like their business basically so that's really good advice to I think three months is about the right 
time to. I usually, I think I usually do around three to four months if I have to pitch again. It feels like not too much time has passed where they forget about you completely. But they still, like, time has passed where, you're right, they could be in a totally different spot. Mm -hmm. So what made you create the Confident Pitch Program? And can you tell us more about it? I created the Confident Pitch Program last not last year, this year. <laughs> We're almost into 2022. <laughs> I like, feel like it's been the longest year. It has been a wild year. Yeah. Um, how it came about, so I started doing one-on-one business coaching calls and I was just seeing so many commonalities and reasons why I was even on a call with you know this person in the first place. And a lot of the commonalities were like, either they didn't know how to pitch, they didn't know where to start, and they had you know, had maybe worked with some brands, but they just didn't know like how to take it to the next level and to scale. Or I had people that were just starting in their career that were like, okay, I need to start making money in my business. Can you help me do that? So I found that they were falling into like these two buckets. And I'm like, there's still so much overlap with how I pitch and my process, like whether you fall into either one of those buckets that I just found would be helpful. And I, I kept feeling like my coaching calls were like just similar in what I was saying. And then I got pregnant and I was like, well, I'm going on maternity leave, which means I'm not going to be able to be on coaching calls. And so I was like, how can I translate this information and go deeper in into this each section, you know, with pitching and pricing and all that um, so that I can serve these individuals while I'm on maternity leave. So that's really how it came about. And I wanted to offer something that was like easily digestible that you can get through quickly. So essentially the confident pitch program was created. I had this idea in my mind for like months and I just basically like put it, mapped it out on paper. And I was like, okay, when I was in corporate, what was like my roadmap, right? Like how did I set up my business so that I would hit my quota every month? Because there is a Mm -hmm. systematic way to ensure that you're going to hit your quota. It's no different as an entrepreneur our quota is our income, right? Whatever our income goals are, that's what we need to make. That's what we need to bring in. So I basically just mapped it out and I'm like, how can I make this quick for people to get through? Because I know if my students that take the course are anything like me, you want to get through the information quickly so you can start making an impact in your business. And I coach a lot of people that are like in a nine to five job and they want to go full-time with their business. And I'm like, this is the way to do it. You have to you have to pitch and you have to take charge of like your income. So that's essentially what it is. And um, yeah, so the course is really for food photographers and bloggers and creatives. Um, Anyone who's monetizing in the content creation space um, with how to find the right brands, how to send the right pitch, how to negotiate pricing. It covers all of the business side. I also talk through like how to batch schedule how to maximize your time if you are, you know, also working a nine to five. We don't have endless hours to grow. So like how do you make the most of the time that you have? Um and then how to create workflow in your business so that you can basically see results quicker with more impact by doing less. That's like how I survive. <laughs> so um so yeah that's kind of how it was created. That's and you just finished a launch, which is congratulations. Are you gonna do multiple launches a year or do people have to get on your wait list for the next launch? 
Yeah. So right now, um, so I've done two launches. I, um, am, I don't have a set date yet for the next launch. It'll probably be in the next four to five months, six on the long end. Um, just because I want to make updates to the course, I want to keep making it better. I, every launch I add something or I modify and I look feedback from my students and I'm like, okay, this would be valuable. So I add that. Um, so I'm not really sure for the next launch, but yeah, there is a wait list um, that you can enter or put your name on the wait list and then you'll be notified first. And then I also offered like a discount to my wait list this go around, um, which was only offered to my wait list because they were waiting, you know, it was like a, a thank you. Um, and yeah, so there's a wait list, probably won't relaunch it for another four to six months. Um, and then, yeah, so I do about, I'll plan on doing about two launches a year, two to three okay. years. Well, if you send me the link to the wait list, I can link that in the show notes if people hear this and they're like, yes, that is exactly what I need help with. And are you still doing one-on-one -on -one coaching or is it just the course right now? Yeah, yeah no, I still do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Okay. Definitely. I have 30-minute call options and an hour call, 30 minutes more like you're good. You just want me to maybe review your pitch template or your media kit or something small like that. Um, and then hour long calls are really for like, how do we build strategy around your goals? Um, and then anything else that you want to cover, whether it's pitching, pricing, negotiating, um, anything that I really centered around what your goals are and what I want for my students and from my coaching clients is not to just monetize. I think there's so much more in building a, a business that is, you know, thriving and for longevity. I think it's really about finding like what you're good at and what's fulfilling and doing more of that, finding more of that and excelling more at that. Um, so a lot of my calls are really about figuring out and taking an audit of like what is serving you and how can you do more of that and find more of that. That's so helpful. That's really good. I'm because it's just, I feel like I've had a few people reach out to me that are new to this, and I'm new as well, but, and that's, they're like, you need to have someone who can talk about this and this and this on the podcast, and you really just, you know your, you know your shit, I'm gonna swear, you know your shit, so you're like the perfect person to go to for it, because, and I hope that people do go to you for it, because you, uh, you have a lot of knowledge, and I love that you come from the corporate sales background, because corporate sales is known to be cutthroat and there's so much skill that you've probably learned through that and to take that into this industry is definitely part of why you're probably thriving in it yeah but I also yeah no I agree um but I also want to just like kind of debunk a, a myth that I think a lot of people think that like I have the sales background and so therefore planning brand deals that's definitely a component um I think it's more than just like knowing how to pitch because there, like you said in the beginning, there's that, there's a skill level to that. You have to practice yeah. and do it in order to build that skill. But I think there's also like having a system in your business and having strategy is equally as important. Mm -hmm. And if you combine oh, yeah. all those and you like nail that, that's when you start seeing like success and momentum. And that's what corporate taught me. I wasn't, very cutthroat, aggressive industries like the tech industry, the pharmaceutical industry. But I, as an individual and as a salesperson, was not cutthroat. I single-handedly was successful because I had strategy 
And because I listened to my customer's needs and I was able to pivot my offering to fulfill that. And that's really what it's about. Um, there are those people, I just feel like sales has such a nasty connotation. Um, <laughs> just assume that like every salesperson is like super cutthroat. That's the only way to be successful. And what I try to teach is like, you don't have to be salesy. You don't have to be cutthroat. You don't have to be um, nasty and like, it's my way or the highway or you pay this or I don't work with you. You know, like there's ways to come to a common ground with a brand and you may not always get exactly what you want and that's okay. Um, but that's what I really want to just debunk about like the whole sales mindset and like people feeling like they have to be aggressive. You don't have to be aggressive. You just have to have a strategy and know when to walk away, know when you want to work with the brand um, and know how to get what you want in a nice, mm -hmm. kind, serving way. <laughs> so good. That's so good. I can't picture you cutthroat. I definitely could not. not picture you a cutthroat salesperson. <laughs> it was definitely a downfall, though, in my career because a lot of salespeople that were successful were very cutthroat, very manipulative, and there's that it happens in that industry, but there's also the people that are like the polar opposite and they're just very serving and they have strategy and they just listen to that. And also being able to read people, I think is really mm. important. Um, it's a, it's a talent. Yeah. It's a skill that you learn over time, but so is pitching and so is being an entrepreneur. And so is everything like photography. Um, so I just want people to know that like, if you don't have a sales background or you don't know how to pitch, you can learn and it's possible. You just have to practice just like your photography. It's just as important. And I have one, I have one more question. Well, two more questions for you. Mm -hmm. So being a mom and being a business owner, how do you juggle that? Cause I know that's a big struggle for a lot of people. They feel like they don't have the time to do both. And, you know, some people, some moms will always say, you know, I can't do that because I have my kids or I'm not putting my kids first, but I'm putting my business first. So how do you juggle that? Yeah. I mean, I have my business because of my kids. Hmm. Um, I chose this path because I wanted to be a mom first and stay at home with my kids. So with that, in mind, I have the mindset that my kids always come first. My business comes second. I work when my kids nap or my oldest is in school for a few hours a day. And I pretty much work every weekend. Just that works for me because my husband's off, you know, he's in a traditional uh, corporate job. So he's off of work, but I try to find balance whenever I can. And I think a few things that are helpful is creating a really, really hyper-focused schedule. And what I mean by that is like, I first, when I went down this road was notorious for creating like a list of to-do items that was like 10 things every day. And then if the day would end and I'm like, I only got to two of them. And then I would feel really bad about myself because I'm like, I'm not making movement or traction in my business and I'm juggling being a mom. And then I finally realized, I'm like, I just need to give myself two action items a day that are going to get me the biggest results in my business. So I had to sit down and dissect and figure out what that was. So now I just have this like really hyper-focused schedule where I'm like, if I don't get to all that other stuff, it's fine. It can hold off. Um, so I think that's one piece of advice. The other piece of advice is just knowing that like 
sometimes your business is you're gonna have slower seasons and you're gonna have busier seasons. I have a three month old and a three year old. And right now my business is super slow because I don't have the bandwidth and I do what I can. Um, and it's hard. It's really, really, really hard. But if you want something bad, badly enough and you want, and you're fulfilled by it, you'll make, you'll make the time. Um, and like I said, I yeah, I choose to work weekends. And I think it's the same for people in like a nine to five job. You work when you get home from work, (laughs) you work weekends. Like it's just the reality, but you know what? It's a short term, it's a season of life and it's a short term, um, you know, I don't want to say short-term loss, but more like it's a short-term, you're kind of working more than you want to. And it's not always going to be that way. And I just try to remind myself of that, but it can be done. Yeah. There's always seasons of hustle, then there's seasons of rest. And that's how I look at it. And sometimes you have to hustle a little bit more on the weekends or the nights to get to that season of rest. But as long as it's not hustle, 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 and then burn yourself out, I think there's always... So a way to find balance in that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And what is your, if you want to share, what is your biggest goal for 2022 or one of your goals? Let's do that. This is awful. I haven't even thought about it. I guess I'm going to say, honestly, I want my, I want to focus on my course. I love, I love, I don't want to say I love my course. I love teaching. (laughs) Yep. But I love like hearing about the success from my students. Like it's, there's nothing better to me than someone being like, like one of my students and she's now a friend of mine. A lot of my students are my friends, <laughs> um, <laughs> but one of my students, like I just landed a brand deal with Bob's Red Mill, like a large company. So cool. Photography is amazing, but I'm like, yes, you know, like. Or someone saying, I landed my first brand deal and I could have never done this if I didn't know how to pitch. You know, like I want to take my course to the next level and I feel like I've been playing small and I really want to expose more people to it. And the hardest part is like getting in front of the right people. And that's Mm -hmm. like my goal is to just take my course to the next level. And then of course I have dream brands that I want to work with that I haven't even like, I haven't pitched probably for six months. That sounds really like I'm not taking my own advice but my the last six months my focus was on creating the course Mm -hmm. um and so I really want to start pitching again and pitching to like I have a list of dream companies that I would like to work with so awesome well I am really excited to see how far your course goes because I I really believe in it I think that's gonna it's a great course and I actually it is on my list that I want to take it next year. Uh, it wasn't in the cards for me this year, but I think your pitching course sounds phenomenal. And I think so many Thank people can benefit from it because it's the you, one yeah. thing that's just not taught about. You cannot Google how to pitch a brand for food photography and get like, like real answers. So you have yeah. a special, you have a special skill set, and it's awesome that you're willing to share that with others. What are some of your goals for next year? Ooh, um, I really want to start uh, working with a few food photography brands. I had a late start. I think my confidence, because I got my camera in April, I didn't really believe in myself that I could be a food photographer. So I'm starting to finally like get more confident with that. So I'm starting to pitch more brands. Um, 
you know, before it was if I got no response, that was it. I just wouldn't pitch another brand for like four months, like any brand. <laughs> so <That's> it's, <laughs> yeah. So it's like getting a little, I have, I think my skin is finally like thick enough to start pitching brands. So I'm hoping to work with the brand that I am starting a relationship with now. And then I also have, uh, so my background is in business finance and I'm also uh, a degree in the culinary arts and I really want to do like a meal planning and cutting back food expenses for people because I've like a lot of people around me and I co- I've coached a few people on this they spend almost a mortgage payment on groceries a month and throw most of it out because they're just unorganized and they don't know how to budget correctly or they don't feel comfortable cooking like dinners that don't take an hour every night. So I really want to also start coaching more in that area. That's a great, great idea. I think that's you. super confident. People are really busy and they don't want to sit down and take the time to come up with, like you said, a budget or a meal plan. And they just go to the grocery store and buy whatever's in sight. And then they yep. throw it away. Yep. That's, that's a great, great idea. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on this and talking with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I hope that you loved this episode and you learned something from Candace because she is so incredibly insightful, especially when it comes to pitching brands. And she really knows her stuff, guys. I'm going to make sure to link her information below so that you can follow her for more tips and possibly get on her wait list for her course. And I hope that you are willing to bring this information into 2022 to grow your business. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. I always appreciate it. And make sure to be kind to someone this week. Eat some good food and pat yourself on the back because it is your time to thrive. And that starts within. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.